Hello, and welcome to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. My name is James Early. Thanks so much for joining me today. Each week, we take a fresh look at the Bible and dig down beneath the surface of things to the deep spiritual lessons of God's love for each one of us and how to live that love in our daily lives. The goal is to get back to the original Christianity of Jesus with his focus on healing and salvation and his message that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So let's jump right in. Hey there, and welcome back to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. This is episode number 14, and the title for today's program is, Would You Let Jesus in Your House If You Hadn't Cleaned Up for Weeks? A while back, I was reading in the book of John, chapter 14, and I came across this verse, verse 23. This is Jesus talking. If anyone love me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. That's John 14, 23. Well, I'd read that before, but somehow this time it really hit home with me that, wow, if I obey what Jesus tells me to do, he will love me and the Father will love me and they're going to come and live with me. It's one thing to feel loved by someone, but then they move in with you. I got to thinking about that. What would it be to have Jesus move in with you and be your roommate and and help you in everything you do. Well, that's a metaphor to when we invite Christ into our lives. He fixes us up. He straightens us out. He corrects the problems. He throws out the trash, the mental, emotional, and spiritual baggage that we're carrying around. Now, you may feel that you've already let Christ into your heart, and I think that's a very valid feeling because if you have accepted Christ, then you have that spirit within you. But I have found with myself that sometimes there are tiny little chambers in my heart that I haven't always opened the door to Christ on. There are little tiny places way back in the recesses of my heart that I'm still holding on to past fears or things that hurt me when I was a child or things that I did wrong as a child or even as an adult. And I have to yield those up. Maybe even yesterday I was proud or arrogant or judgmental or critical of someone in a way that I shouldn't be. I need to let Christ come into all the nooks and crannies of my heart, not just the main chamber. I've been thinking, why is it we open up partway to Christ and not all the way? Well, sometimes we're afraid. Sometimes we're embarrassed that we know better. We shouldn't still be doing those things or thinking those things or feel hurt from those things in the past. And we want to put a good show on at church. And we don't want people at church to think that, or our neighbors or our family even, We don't want them to think that we're this terrible person, even though we have these little secrets that we're still holding on to. And they may not be that bad. Maybe they are pretty serious. We also think, well, we should know better. I should have worked this out by now. Sometimes we don't want to give up those feelings. Sometimes we don't want to give up pride. We're pretty proud of the fact that we think we're better than someone else. Well, pride is not good, and we have to let Christ come into that little chamber where we're hiding our pride and let him deal with it. So I've come up with this allegory that was really meaningful to me when I, when I wrote it down originally in my journal. I'm going to share it with you today. It's an allegory of Christ coming to the door and how we sometimes, even though we have let Jesus into our lives previously, we still may need to let him in another time or two or many times or every day. So this is based on 
that wonderful verse in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. I mean, at first, as I said, that sounds exciting. Hey, Jesus is coming over for dinner. But what if your house is a mess and you don't have time to clean it up? I mean, that's kind of scary. You don't want Jesus to see all that mess. You know better. You shouldn't be in such a mess. You want him to be impressed. I have seen myself in this allegory many times, and I think it bears repeating. It's not enough to let Christ into your heart just once. We can say, oh, yes, Christ dwells in my heart, but we have to continually open our hearts to Christ. So just as a little side note here, I don't know that my wife would appreciate you all getting the impression that our house is a mess because we do a pretty good job keeping it clean. But this little story is just a metaphor. So here we go. Here's the allegory. The knock at the door. Man, you should have seen that pile of dirty dishes in the sink. And I really didn't feel like washing them right then. But after five days of ignoring them, it was really time. So I got into it. And, you know, it's funny. It only took about 25 minutes once I put my heart into it. And I had just finished when I heard a faint knock at the front door. I wondered why whoever had been there hadn't rung the doorbell. If I hadn't just turned off the water, I might not have heard it. And I almost didn't answer the door. The house was a mess. There were unfinished projects scattered all across the dining room table and in the living room. My muddy gardening boots and my gloves were in the front hallway along with all kinds of clutter from weeks and weeks because I hadn't cleaned the house. Well, at least I had done the dishes, so I went to the front door. As I opened it up, a man in his early 30s had just turned to walk away. He had on a pair of clean but well-worn blue jeans and a cream-colored flannel shirt with the sleeves rolled up. Can I help you? I called out. Oh, I thought you weren't going to answer the door. I had been knocking for about five minutes, he said. Oh, sorry, I was washing the dishes and didn't hear you knock. Why didn't you ring the bell? Oh, well, it doesn't matter. What can I do for you? It's what I can do for you, he said with a chuckle. I've come to help you clean your house, and my father's coming by later to help us. Ha, I said to myself. I'm wondering, who the heck is this guy, and how did he know my house was such a mess? Hey, I don't even know you. Why would you want to help clean my house? As I closed the door just enough to hide the mess in the hallway, I added, and how do you know it even needs to be cleaned anyway? A friend of yours recommended that I stop by to help, Sally Brown from church. Well, if Sally knows this guy, he must be all right. Well, okay, then you can come in, but I've got to warn you, things are really pretty bad in here. I've been so busy, I just haven't had time to clean up for a while. That's why I'm here, he said. Hey, what's your name? Joshua. Nice to meet you, Joshua. I'm James. Look, you really don't need to help me clean up, and I really don't have any money to pay you. Hey, but I'll fix you dinner once we're done. Is that okay? You got a deal. I have never seen anyone work so quickly and so effortlessly. I mean, Joshua seemed to know where everything went. He swept and vacuumed while I mopped the kitchen floor. Then all of a sudden, I remembered how bad the toilet was. It hadn't been cleaned in weeks. I hurried to finish the mopping in the kitchen on a race to the bathroom. There was Joshua on his knees, scrubbing at the brown gunk in my toilet. I have not been that embarrassed in a long time. Why do I dread cleaning the toilet and put it off all the time? He makes it look so easy and almost fun. And he didn't even seem to notice or even mind how bad it was. 
I started to apologize, but he asked me if I had noticed how the sunlight was hitting the bright fall leaves on the sugar maple tree out the bathroom window. In about an hour and a half, the whole house was clean and tidy, but it wasn't just clean. It felt more like home than it had in a real long time. Wow, Joshua, the household looks better than it has in ages. Thank you so much. It would have taken me days to do all this by myself. I couldn't have done it without you. Well, that's what everybody says. I still can't believe it, though. I don't even know how to thank you. Oh, except I did promise you dinner. You hungry after all that work? You bet. But I'm going to fix you dinner instead. In fact, it's already on the grill out back. Who is this guy, I'm thinking to myself. When did he have time to fix a meal? He's been working nonstop since he got here. The picnic table was beautifully set with dishes that I had never even seen before. The silverware was real silver, and you could tell that it had been handcrafted. There was bread and fruit on the table and a fish on the grill. Where on earth did he get all this stuff? Come and dine, he said. As we ate and talked, Joshua asked about my childhood what I was doing now, and my hopes for the future. No one had been so genuinely interested in me in eons. It seemed like I was always the one asking other people those questions. So I turned the tables on him. What do you do, Joshua, besides helping me clean my house, that is? Well, I trained as a carpenter and was pretty successful at it for a long time. I had so many orders I could have made a pretty good living, but... A couple of years ago, I realized I had more to offer. Lately, I've been helping people not just clean up their houses, but clean up their lives, too. Well, what do you mean? Well, you know how you had all that clutter in your house? It was easy to get rid of the trash and put away the stuff you needed to keep. Then we could clean up all the dirt and grime. Oh, and by the way, when was the last time you dusted? Oh, oh on second thought, don't answer that. It's harder to help someone clean up their life, though. Most folks have mental and emotional clutter strewn around in their minds, kind of like all the crud in your living room. Everywhere you step, everything you say brings back bad memories or hurt feelings. And then they have some things buried away in their hearts so deep and they don't want to deal with it or they've even forgotten about it, kind of like those boxes of old magazines I got rid of from your closet. You got rid of my comic book collection? I've had those since I was a kid. Some of them were really valuable. You should have asked me first, Joshua. I've been saving those for years. Well, you can go get them out of the trash if you want to, but I checked them out online. They're so worn out from all the times you read them, they actually aren't worth much at all. And besides, they never really were that great of an influence on you. They were really just an escape for you into a fantasy world where you thought you had superpowers. Pretty much a waste of time in my book. The napkin in my lap was wet with the tears running down my cheeks. Joshua was right. What a waste of time. It seemed like great stretches of my life had been a waste of time, a waste of money, a waste of effort. So many attempts to do the next thing. So many shiny objects, so many baubles, so many failures. Joshua, I hope this is not too much to ask, and you've already done so much, but would you help me get my life cleaned up? You're right, there are lots of things I'm holding on to from the past that I need to get rid of, and, and I'm not just talking about comic books. I've had a pretty bad attitude about myself sometimes. Most of the time I think I'm never good enough and that there's something wrong with me, and other times, other times I think I've got the answers to all the world's problems, like I was some comic book hero or something. I'm so tired of it. I just want to be me, and I, I can get so critical and judgmental of other people. Sometimes I've said things that are really hurtful. I don't mean to, but I, I just need some help getting my life put back together. James, 
I'm happy to help. I'd love that very much. And that's what I'm best at. And actually, that's why I came in the first place. But I'm a really demanding mentor. I can help you, but you have to do everything I tell you. In fact, it really works best for me to move in with you and help you in every single detail of your life. I told you my father is going to join us in a little bit. He's on his way right now, and he's actually going to move in with you too. He's got some really great ideas on how to live your life that he wants to share with you. I think you'll really appreciate that. Well, okay, Joshua, that really sounds kind of like... Wow, I mean, I don't know what to say. Why would you do this? I mean, you don't really even know me. James, it's because I love you. That's all. Am I crazy? What am I thinking? I just agreed to let this total stranger move in with me along with his dad. I always thought it would be great to have a life coach, but this is pretty extreme. What is my wife going to think? Joshua, who are you really? I mean, have we met before? It kind of seems like I've known you forever. Why are you doing this and, and why do you care about me so much? Well, they wrote a book about me a while back that will probably answer those questions. Maybe you've read it. It's that blue leather book with the finger tabs next to the armchair in your living room. With that, he vanished. I never saw him again, but I hear his voice and I feel his presence. He introduced me to his father and explained that he's my father too. I feel their guidance. I feel their mercy. I feel their gentle rebukes when I make a mess of things. But most of all, I feel their love. That's the end of my little allegory. I hope you enjoyed it. You know, I hope you will listen for the knock at the door in your heart. It comes in soft, gentle ways. Sometimes other times it's loud and a banging knock. I hope you will listen for that knock and hear Christ's voice asking to come into your heart, into all the little chambers of your heart where you may have things tucked away. Even if you've let him in before, is there something in your life that you haven't given over to Christ? Maybe it's hurt feelings. Maybe someone you haven't forgiven or maybe one you should apologize to. Maybe your pride has gotten away. Maybe you've been judgmental. Maybe you're addicted to something. It's scary to think of having to let go of all these things, especially if we still kind of secretly enjoy doing something that we know we shouldn't. It could be anything big or small. It doesn't matter. Open up the little chamber to that little spot in your heart and let Christ in. He will help you clean it out. That's his job because he loves you. I'd like to share an example of how I finally let Christ into a very secret little chamber in my heart, and it's really made all the difference You know, we always talk about love your neighbor as yourself, and you're supposed to love yourself in the right way, not in a selfish way, but in the right spiritual way. We're supposed to love ourselves. And I think that's one of the things that most people have trouble with because we are so familiar with the mistakes we've made and the things that we did do that we shouldn't have or we didn't do that we should have. And it's hard to forgive ourselves, and we we think of those, and it's then hard to love ourselves because we know we've messed up. We know things about ourselves that nobody else does, and it's hard to forgive ourselves and love ourselves in spite of all that. I've struggled with that over the years. Many times I've had a pretty negative view of myself. You know, I tell other people, you need to love yourself, so I realize, okay, I've got to work on this myself. And it's been hard, and it's been by degrees that I've come to be able to love myself, but I had a real breakthrough about a year ago. I was praying one day just to love everyone not be so judgmental, not be so critical, not be so self-righteous, just to love everyone. 
And I had this wonderful feeling. I, I said to God, God, I love all your children. I just want to know them all. And the thought came to me in the kingdom of heaven, I will know everyone in the kingdom of heaven like they're my brother, my sister. And I had that same feeling. I want to know all of your children right here on earth, God. I just sort of generically loved them and as a whole loved everyone. And I I wasn't thinking about, you know, all the bad things they've done or the struggles they've had or the situations and all the circumstances that I in the past have been judgmental of, you know, didn't like their lifestyle or whatever. I just was loving unconditionally everyone. It was this very clear spiritual moment for me. And all of a sudden I realized, oh, I'm one of those children of God. And for the first time, I really loved myself. In spite of the mistakes I've made and all that stuff, I really loved myself. I could see all the good that was in me and the good, not just that I had done, but just the good that I am as a child of God, as a creation of God made in his image and likeness. I could really appreciate and love myself. And, you know, it was as if that Christ's message of love, of brotherly love, was knocking loudly at the chamber of my heart, and it finally got down to that little tiny hidden door that I hadn't really completely opened. And when I did open it, I felt this Christly love for myself, which was really a wonderful epiphany for me. I just felt light on my feet. I felt like I was breathing freer and deeper than I had in a long time. So whatever it might be, keep listening for that knock. Every day listen for it. If there's something that's troubling you or some deep, dark secret that you have, it could be little or it could be big, it doesn't matter, open the door, let Christ come in and scrub your mental and spiritual and emotional toilets, let him mop the floors, let him throw out the trash. He loves you. He's here to help you today, every day, whatever it may be. Think if there's anything that you can take and apply in your own life. One little shift in thought can make all the difference. And I I hope this message has been helpful. So I'm going to close with that and go back to this verse that I mentioned earlier, John 14, 23. Jesus said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. So if you want Jesus as a roommate, you know what to do. Now, there's one more thing before we close. We're working on a special project together. You may remember that in episode 12, we talked about 20 ways to follow Christ in the year 2020. And so we've done the first two. This coming week is the third one. And so this week, let's all work together to seek and do God's will instead of our own. Seek to do God's will instead of your own. That's what we'll work on together this week in our goal of 20 ways to follow Christ in 2020. And if you'd like the whole list, you can go to the show notes for episode 12, which is thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 012. Okay, let's do it. And I'd love to hear from you to see how you've used this in your life this week. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would really appreciate it if you would leave a review. And if you haven't subscribed already, I hope you'll do that. Please share this with a friend. There's somebody out there that needs to hear this message, so please share it with someone you know. And if you'd like to follow me on Instagram or Facebook, you can do so. It's The Bible Speaks to You. And if you want to go to the website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com, you can see the show notes. This is episode 14. 
Oh, and if you'd like to leave a comment or start a conversation, you can do that on the show notes page, thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 014. And just at the bottom there, leave a comment or or ask a question. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear what you thought. And let me know what you'd like me to talk about on this podcast. Because as I've said in an earlier episode, this is a discovery process for all of us. My goal is to really get back to the original message of the Bible and share my perspective, learn from your perspective, and, and let's grow together. I want us all to learn to pray more effectively, to experience God's healing power, and to understand our relationship with God better. And as we all do this together, my hope is that we get back to the original Christianity of Jesus. All God's blessings to you. Thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you very much. I'm James Early with the Bible Speaks to You podcast. God bless.